0: It's Thursday. That means it's Crossover Thursday in the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day, Alex Clancy, Bo Brock, Locked On Cardinals. Our boy Sosa Cremendous from Locked On Rams talking a whole lot of mess before the record button starts with these two teams that flat out don't like each other. Uh, We're going to do what we do every Thursday. We'll do a how did we get here through 13 weeks, and then Sosa is going to ask us everything he needs to know about the Cardinals, and we're going to do vice versa in the third segment, Bo and myself, um, A lot has changed since we spoke last, Sosa Cremendous. Well, a lot has changed for one organization during this crossover. The other team has pretty much been status quo since beating the doors off the Rams at SoFi Stadium a handful of weeks ago. Um, I feel nervous. Bo, not so much, I think, going into Sunday because of how poor the Cardinals have played at home, comparatively speaking, to their undefeated record on the road. This episode of Locked On Crossover Thursday is brought to you by Stat Hero. Stat Hero is the first of its kind daily fantasy sports platform where it's you versus the house in head to head fantasy matchups. Winner take all. Sign up for free right now at stathero.com backslash locked on and use the promo code locked on for a 100% deposit match. So, the Cardinals, Cliff Kingsbury, Kyler Murray healthy, things seem to be trending in the right direction after a ugly win in Chicago, getting back on track with Kyler Murray, missing three weeks before the bye week. Going into Sunday, where the Cardinals are, is an opportunistic position to shore up the NFC West through week 14, which is wild to think. Bo. Real quick, before we jump over to Sosa, like, thought process on this game in a vacuum with where the Cardinals are right now.
1: Yeah, you can control your own destiny. That's the whole thing. You don't have to uh, worry about the – I mean, you would take a three-game lead with four to go. That would be pretty pretty uh, tough task for the Rams to overcome down the stretch of the season. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's the ability to control your own destiny and also take care of business, begin to take care of business like you have been on the road at home because what's the point of gaining home field advantage if you don't exactly take care of that advantage in the postseason? So, a couple of different things at play here for the Arizona Cardinals as they kind of posture themselves for the, the 2021, 2022 postseason.
0: Yeah, it's interesting because we didn't really, and all joking aside, and what, what so, so I'm going to get to you right this second. Like the Cardinals were. Had the longest odds to win the NFC West. It's weird. The worst of first thing we saw with the 49ers a couple years ago in their one-hit wonder year was Kyle Shanahan that's allowed him to keep his job. The Rams have been, with the Seahawks, the more of the prohibitive favorite to win the NFC West year in and year out. They're still over 500. They've kind of dipped back. Losing Robert Woods for the year has been a huge hit. Cooper Cup is still doing record-breaking things week in and week out. Through 13 weeks of football, Where are you at, and what's changed since the Cardinals beat them at SoFi Stadium a handful of weeks ago?
2: Yeah, so like you mentioned, the Rams, they're kind of like a Jekyll and Hyde situation right now. It feels like going into every week, you don't even know what to expect anymore. I think there's a lot more question marks than there are answers with this team. You know, a few weeks ago, we're talking about, are the Rams the favorite to win the Super Bowl? You know, are they Super Bowl contenders? They go out and add Odell Beckham, a lot of flash. They go out and trade for Von Miller. Clearly a team that's seemingly all in. We know that. There's no questions about that. Uh, But then you go into, you know, the last few weeks, three out of the last four really ugly performances. The Rams lose games to the San Francisco 49ers, the Tennessee Titans, uh, the Green Bay Packers, two of which, you know, those teams are probably going to be in play for a Super Bowl at the end of the year. Um, And the Rams now look like a team that can't beat anybody over 500 in terms of their record. And they beat up on all these teams that are subpar. So now it's like, you know, does this team have what it takes to get through this gauntlet of a schedule that they have left obviously it starts now with the Arizona Cardinals which let's just call it what it is this is the biggest game left on the schedule this is the one we have circled if the Rams lose this game NFC West is over the Cardinals have that locked in uh, presumably going to be one or two seed you know they'll fight with that uh, over the Green Bay Packers if that's the case and if not the Rams can't come out on top here then we start to discuss all right now you know you still don't fully control your own destiny. You would need the Cardinals to slip up a little bit here or there, but then everything's sort of on play, you know, on the table in play. So right now feels like, you know, the Rams are still kind of trying to figure them, themselves out, which is weird, you know, that it's week 14. And it still feels like they don't really have an identity uh, and anything that they can lean on. But coming off of last week, they ranked first in EPA per play on offense, which you can't be mad about. I mean, at the end of the day, yeah, was the Jaguars, not a good football team, not a Super Bowl contender, but they got back on track. They finally got a win and it feels good to kind of go back Uh, into that situation. But I'm going to hand it off to you guys. The Cardinals, kind of a a weird situation last week. They got Kyler Murray back. They got DeAndre Hopkins back. First game off the bye week. And, you know, we saw flashes, I think, of what this team can still be. What did you guys think of that performance? I thought
1: the performance out of the gates, the defense has done what it's done all season long and set up the offense for success. I mean, in the first two drives, uh, the offense was playing on a short field and they were able to cash in with Kyler Murray back in the lineup, get them, DeAndre Hopkins acclimated quickly, and then you've got uh, a guy in, um, you know, you've got the first real drive where you have to go length of the field on your third drive, and they were successful in doing that. So three for three, cashing in on touchdowns with Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins back in the fold. So they did not miss a beat, and that was important. And then, you know, once the weather kind of got a little bit nastier, uh, this team kind of looked a little bit rustier in the second half, but it might be because they were sitting on a lead and just trying to get out of there unscathed.
2: Yeah. I mean, like you mentioned, it was a weird, frustrating game. I watched it. I kind of had my eye on it. I wasn't focusing on it, Uh, but you know, there's some weird bounces that kind of go this way, that way. And the Cardinals really capitalized Uh, Alex, I'm going to kick it over to you. Now you look at this team and you know, I think we all feel pretty good about the Cardinals as the best performing team in the NFL right now. I don't think there's really any question about that in terms of what do you guys think moving into this last, you know, bit of the schedule here, there's still a lot of divisional games for you guys, for us. Um, And not just that, but they're, a relatively young team, right? This team doesn't have a ton of playoff experience, doesn't have really much Super Bowl experience out of a handful of guys, but they do go out and add someone like Zach Hurts who does have that pedigree. Now, do you guys feel confident going into this last stretch of the schedule here and really ultimately what's going to shake out in January?
0: I, I think, I mean, I, I've, yeah. I mean, because it, it's it, this is uncharted waters. You know, it's like every week as a Stockholm syndrome-ish way of looking at it, like you're just expecting things to go wrong because they have over the course of the entirety of the existence of this organization. Now, obviously, things have shifted completely. The wind shifted. The culture shifted. All the veteran leadership in all the right places has been brought in this offseason, and Kyler is coming into his own. He had four touchdowns. and really didn't even play that well. You know? Like, a lot of it was short fields from the defense, as Bo mentioned, and the interesting part about all of this is the national media still doesn't believe the Cardinals. Now, we're going to jump to Sosa Kremendous next. He's going to fire squad Bo and myself in more depth. Sosa, in one word, before I talk about Stat Hero, do you think the Cardinals are a legitimate Super Bowl contender for 2021? One word answer. No. Alex Lancy bulbrock Locked On Cardinals. Sosa Kremendous, thank you so much, Locked On Rams, for explaining Lauren Cox, Locked On Bears. Peter Bukowski locked on Packers and locked on today, who had Bo on two days ago. And Sosa Cremenjus, our boy from the great white north. No, no, no. We'll talk about that and more after Sosa lines us up for the firing squad. But first, Stad Hero. I mentioned it at the top of the show. I'll mention it now. Stad Hero is revolutionizing the fantasy sports game. Okay. No one plays fantasy, daily fantasy to lose. Winning feels so much better, obviously. But traditional fantasy sports are a long-term losing proposition. Ask Bo about his fantasy football record because you never know what who or what you're up against. Stat Hero is the first of its kind daily fantasy sports platform where it's you versus the house, head-to-head fantasy matchup, winner take all. Here's the crazy part: Stat Hero shows uh, shows you their lineups before you play, and you handpick the team you want to face one-on-one. The never-before-seen innovation of a fantasy sports and sports betting hybrid has StatHero players clocking odds that are over four times better. Sign up for free today, right now, at StatHero.com slash locked on and use promo code locked on for a 100% deposit match. That's StatHero.com slash locked on. Use promo code locked on for a 100% deposit match. StatHero.com slash locked on. Promo code locked on. Terms and conditions apply.
2: Now, thank you guys so much for always making Locked On Rams, Locked On Cardinals, your first daily listens every single day. We're going to pick up with where we left off here. I'm Sosa Kermenge, your host of the Locked On Rams podcast, joined by Bo Brock, Alex Clancy, co-host of Locked On Cardinals, of course, and fellas. This is the second time we're meeting this season. Uh, Kind of feels like the Rams have their back up against the wall here. I think there's a lot more uh, pressure on them at the end of the day, right? The Cardinals win this game. You know, we can really start to pencil them in as – The team that's going to take this division, the division is basically over unless something catastrophic happens, which I don't think anyone expects at this point, Uh, versus the Rams right now. They're still trying to figure out who they are as a team. So I kind of want to ask you guys in terms of the Cardinals, the Rams right now, feels like the Cardinals are taking that leap from, you know, they have a talented roster and they're really putting it together. They're starting to get. Not only belief in that building, it feels like everyone's fully bought in, uh, that they really believe they are that team. And everyone around the league is kind of looking and just waiting. I feel like 31 fan bases are waiting for this team to crumble, like you mentioned, Alex. And it's just not happening. It hasn't happened, and it just doesn't feel like it's even going to happen at this point in time. I want to look at this game, and we're recording this a little bit early. You had Kyler Murray back. You have you know DeAndre Hopkins back. What does the injury situation look like for those guys moving into this game? I know DeAndre wasn't used a ton in the past game, and not just that, but a guy like Chase Edmonds, who I think could form a really good backfield with James Conner.
0: Yeah, it's interesting because James Conner was one of the bigger question marks coming into this year when Chase Edmonds went out because one thing is James Conner can't do is stay healthy, but that was in the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, game plan where I, I call it Arian Fostering a running back. Where you just run him into the ground and then, whoops! Sorry, we're not going to pay you now because we used your services when you were very inexpensive. And James Connors kind of flipped the script on that. We've we've seen him in the uh, in the screen game that Chase Edmonds, you know, has made. He's perfected as much as as a smaller back can. Chase Edmonds in space is special. Um, and James Connors kind of allowed us to forget about Chase Edmonds, you know, since Chase has been out. But with him back. You know, you can worry about that a little bit less. DeAndre Hopkins, I think, between him and Kyler Murray is the one to keep an eye on more. Sure, they use him sparingly, but the game was kind of out of reach pretty quickly. Um, Kyler Murray seems to be as close to full strength as an NFL player can be through 13 weeks of an NFL season. Uh, so all in all, aside from J.J. Watt maybe having a backdoor to make the second round of the playoffs if the Cardinals get there, I think this team is as healthy as you'd hope it would be through 13 weeks, even though also Jalen Thompson uh, had a little bang up in Chicago, but all in all, it's been a perfect scenario injury wise as it pertains to the
2: win loss record for the Cardinals this year. Yeah. And I want to take a look at that defense because you mentioned it. JJ Watt, he's been out for a few weeks and it seems like he had a tweet. He might be coming back later this season. It's kind of a K maker situation for the Rams as well, where you don't expect a guy to come back, but Magical healers, man. They got that Russell Wilson water. I'll just say that. Uh, You look at this defense, they lose JJ Watt, great player, but they feel like they haven't dropped off one bit. I mean, they've really impressed me this season. Yeah, the offense is great. We all love to see, you know, 30, 40 point performances. That's kind of what your average NFL fan is looking at. But that defense has played really well, especially even going back to last week. And yeah, the Bears, maybe not the best team offensively, but anytime you can stifle an offense, you're doing well. How have they sort of been able to overcome that loss? And are they taking that step into the elite tier of defenses this season
1: yes absolutely i mean this is a team that's uh deep on the defensive side of the football and when you look at areas that they probably could overcome losing one of their stars it was the pass rush because marcus golden uh, a guy that uh, they were able to resign after they traded for him last season and got him for just a fifth round pick for the new york giants he's already a double digit he's uh not only getting to the quarterback he's stripping Quarterbacks. He's in the league leaders as far as forced fumbles. And then, of course, you got Chandler Jones, who's really come alive after a lull after that season opening uh, performance against the Tennessee Titans. But uh, you've got those two guys getting after the quarterback. And then the next level, Jordan Hicks has reemerged as a guy that's kind of recaptured the fountain of youth at the linebacker position. Isaiah Simmons continues to take a step forward and show why they utilize an eighth round or eighth overall pick on him out of Clemson. And then you have Byron Murphy, who's been a CB one all season long. He's doing it from uh, all over the place in the slot. He's playing outside, and one of the best duos as far as safety goes in the NFL. So they're just deep all around that defense, and they're opportunistic. So, so they're a team that uh, we saw it against the Rams the first time they matched up. Byron Murphy had a good pick, good play on the ball on on Deshaun Watson and Matthew Stafford. Uh, This is a team that has uh, they've already surpassed their. Their turnovers from last season, they have 23 this season, they had 21 all last year. So they're opportunistic, they can get after the quarterback, they can make opposing offenses uncomfortable. They are one of the top defenses in the league, and they do it by putting the ball back in an elite offense's hands. And it's just a good complementary football that's going on in the desert.
2: Yeah, I want to you know slide back to that offensive uh, side of the ball. These guys look like they're all in, right? The Rams, we know they're all in. There's no discussion about it. They hardly have any picks. They'll get some back from the compensatory pick formula, which is great. Uh, but they go out and trade for Von Miller. They go out and add Odell. We know they're all in. Now you look at the Arizona Cardinals, and it kind of felt like maybe a similar situation, right? They trade for Zach Ertz at the trade deadline. I kind of wanted to ask you, Alex. You look at some of the moves they've made with, you know, a guy like Zach Ertz. Does this team feel like they're all in? Is the expectation not just You know, I think back to even earlier Rams, 2017, Sean McVay walks into the door. They start to, you know, flip the script real quick from the season before they win four games. They're the worst team, you know, arguably in the NFL, just got awful under Jeff Fisher. But then they start to really look like a playoff team. They're going to make the playoffs. They do, but no one really buys into them as that Super Bowl contender. You asked me even before the first break there, is this a Super Bowl contender? Does it feel like everyone's fully bought in to try and make that run? Or is it just kind of a, you know, we're having a good season. We're going to make the playoffs here. Um, the expectation isn't really grand, but at the same time, you know, maybe next year we might gear up for a real run. You know,
0: I think that it can be both. I think this roster can be evergreen. And the reason why I say that is sure there's some, there's some pieces that are a little bit older, but unlike, and and this is not to, to throw shade or anything on any team in the division. The Cardinals didn't trade two first round picks for Zach Hertz. They didn't trade a first round pick for Rodney Hudson. They've still got their first three round picks next year. So when you, when you bring guys in that are veteran, that are set to be ancillary pieces, and not have pressure on them to perform, it's a lot different. Like J.J. Watt not being on the field right now, he's still worth the twenty million dollars a year because the shift that's happened since J.J. Watt has been here is something the Cardinals haven't experienced maybe ever. Sure, I mean around the mid two thousand, then the Bruce Arians era, it's different. This is a grown up football team, and with. Zach Ertz, as you mentioned, late-round pick. Marcus Golden, late-round pick. Kelvin Beachum on the right side, no money. DJ Humphreys, very team-friendly. AJ Green, one-year, six mil. James Conner, one-year, 1.75. Like, every single person that they brought in, they could definitely bring back for a one- or two-year team or friendly deal just ahead of Kyler Murray getting his big-money deal that usually craters any sort of Super Bowl chance that any team ever has once the quarterback gets paid. But, yeah, I, I don't think this is a one-year thing. I think that we've seen enough. And Bo and I talked about this yesterday. I think we've seen enough to where let's run it back. Like, what else do you need to see? And I think that that's the separation between going all in, which I hate that, like going doing that for a one-year San Francisco 49ers thing and then having some sort of regularity being at the top of the standings. I think the latter is much more possible than the former.
2: Yeah. Bo, I got one final question. I'm still trying to figure it out. I don't even know if the Cardinals are trying to figure it out still too, but this offense, it feels like they got a lot of different weapons. You know, you got guys that are a little bit more physical, a little bit bigger, like AJ Green or guys that are, you know, diminutive in size, but you can't tackle them with three players and a guy like Rondale Moore. What's kind of the pecking order here outside of, of course, of course, uh, DeAndre Hopkins. We all know he's the guy, but um, what's kind of the pecking order here? What is expected moving forward? Is there anyone else that's kind of stepped up in that role as, you know, the maybe the wide receiver two or weapon two, we'll say?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and they had to step up in the absence of, uh, of Nuke, who was out for with three games with a hamstring injury. And uh, you saw Christian Kirk, who's in a contract season, even though he had a quiet game against the Bears. He's been a guy that's emerged. And he, he they even used him in some gadget plays, and he was all over the offense. Rondell Moore is a guy that's kind of taken a step back in the last couple of weeks kind of go more east-west instead of north-south, and you'd like to see him may, maybe start to go down the field a little bit when he gets the ball in his hands. He's kind of maybe your fourth option. Uh, is, A.J. Green just plays the role of setting up those other guys. Uh, he's been quiet, but he's been setting up guys like Christian Kirk and Rondell Moore to kind of be all over the offense, where he plays the outside receiver. DeAndre Hopkins obviously is an outside receiver. Uh, James Conner has been a guy that's become a vocal point in this offense, and he's been a game-changer as far as and, and how – lethal they've become in the red zone because he can be that money goal line back you can just you don't have to think twice you just hand the ball off to him and then you plunge into the end zone and you've got six points so I think that the uh the Arizona Cardinals as far as their pecking order it goes uh you know Kyler Murray DeAndre Hopkins James Connor and then you've got those wide receivers probably Christian Kirk AJ Green Rondell Moore and, and hey, let's not forget about Zach Ertz. Last time these two teams played Sosa, I think Zach Ertz has an opportunity to have a big game Monday Night Football because Max Williams, who was in that role, had a big touchdown in the contest early that uh, if if they don't account for Zach Ertz, he can slip out and kind of become a, a, a forgotten man, which would be great for the Arizona Cardinals because he's still a playmaker uh, even though it's been a couple years removed from a couple big seasons for Ertz
2: yeah i think uh the one area that Kyler murray's a smart quarterback i'm pretty sure he's going to figure it out that you want to attack this rams defense is in that middle right you want to go at the linebackers troy reader just not up to par uh in coverage and in just a second here we're going to discuss that a little bit more alex mentioned uh you know jj watt kind of joining this team and having that allure behind the move right it kind of feels like that veteran leader that's taking them into the next step Feels exactly like Andrew Whitworth did with the Rams in 2017 before they go on to a nice Super Bowl run in 2018. Now, speaking about the Super Bowl, Super Bowl 56, less than 100 days away and on location, the official hospitality partner of the NFL. It's the only place where you can score a -a once-in-a-lifetime Super Bowl ticket and experience package. You can select exactly where you want to sit and choose from elite experiences featuring an exclusive pregame celebration with NFL legends. Listen, I heard there might be a Rams legend there. Not going to confirm, not going to guarantee it, but... That might be a, a little bit of an incentive for you California listeners uh, featuring everything you want. I mean, NFL legends, five-star LA hotels, and food by the great Wolfgang Puck. Visit onlocationexp.com slash SB56 for more information or search Super Bowl on location. That's onlocationexp.com slash SB56 or search Super Bowl on location.
1: Like this game needed any more excitement you can get that much more action. BetOnline.ag. So pumped to tell you about it. One and a half points. We've seen this spread shrink a little bit. Who do you like? The Cardinals. You like the Rams. Cardinals home favorites. BetOnline has you covered all season. More props, odds, and lines than ever before. It's the football season marches towards the postseason. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the sports action. Head over to their new updated desktop mobile website. Sign up today. Receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Promo code Locked On is going to hook you up. Locked on one word. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all these amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet Online. The fastest, easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports, it's Bet Online, where the game starts.
0: All right, final segment here, Locked On, Crossover Thursday. Alex Lancy-Bobrock, Locked On Cardinals. So the Locked On Rams. Um, I love how every year there's a new rivalry that pops up within the NFC West. Like, Seattle's kind of an afterthought now when they were the ones that we were chasing after uh, while we were watching. Like, the fans and everything. The 49ers, Bo and myself have always kind of um, – well, I've said that the 49ers are the worst fans in America. Uh, and I haven't really sugarcoated that. And I, and Bo loves talking about the flat brim and the Yeezys and everything. Kyle Shannon's done a fantastic job, whether you want to bl- say it or not. T- Kyle Sh- Shannon's done a fantastic job over the last month keeping this team in contention when players are starting to get healthy. Now, for us, it's been the Rams that have supplanted the 49ers as a team we like to talk crap about. And it's because, and I'm going to ask you this in, in a nice way, so, so it's because... Matthew Stafford gets traded there after not playing an important down in his life. And people just expected him to just come in, win the MVP, and make people forget about Jared Goff. Let me ask you a question first. Is Matthew Stafford that much better for this offense than Jared Goff was?
2: Yeah, without a doubt. I don't think there's any question about it. I mean... Yeah, there's a rough stretch, a rough patch. that They're kind of getting over right now. And everyone, I feel like everyone's waiting for their opportunity and they, they've they taken, it. I'll tell you that over the past month to kind of jab at this offense, jab at Sean McVay, jab at Matthew Stafford. Everyone has kind of been chasing, let's just call it what it is, the Rams for a couple of years now, ever since 2017, they hired this young guy. Everyone's kind of skeptical about it, but now you look across the NFL, everyone's sort of following that blueprint, right? Everyone's getting a little bit more aggressive trying to trade for these players. You look at the Seahawks. They try to do the same thing. Trade two first-round picks for Jamal Adams. Look how that turns out. I mean, the guy is on IR now, and that might be the worst trade in NFL history. it just been god-awful. But I feel like everyone's waited for their opportunity to pounce on the Rams. They start 7-1. and one. Everything looks great. Everyone, myself included, is talking about the Rams as Super Bowl favorites, Matthew Stafford as the MVP favorite, and it worked great. I mean, eight weeks throughout the season. That's practically half the season, we'll call it. Everything looked magical, right? But this has kind of been the theme for the Rams over the past few years. They have a really strong September, October, usually pretty good. November, a big drop off in December. They usually pick it back up. You look at Jared Goff. I mean, I'm not going to rag on the guy. He plays for the Detroit Lions. They're God awful. No one's expecting anything right now. Kudos to him for actually getting his first win last week, but he's just a turnover machine. I don't really think that he has the same talent in terms of just God given ability as Matthew Stafford. And yeah, Been a lot of turnovers the last few weeks. Been a lot of sloppy play. But in general, I think the returns have been largely positive. And I think the Rams feel good about what they're going to get out of this guy these last five games. And we're ultimately going to see how it pays off because they didn't trade for Matthew Stafford to go win in week two against the Indianapolis Colts. Like They traded for this guy for week 17, 18, and then into the playoffs. And that's what we're going to see coming up here.
1: Anybody know what the significance of October 13, 2019 is? I don't. It's the last time Odell Beckham had 100 yards receiving in a football game. Is, is he playing Monday night? First, I mean, there's a couple key injuries to kind of follow along with this week uh, as, as the, they get an extra day. Daryl Henderson and Odell Beckham Jr. Does, does it look like all signs are go for those guys to play?
2: Yeah, so Odell, I think, should be good to play. He's kind of been battling a hip-pointer injury. Uh Didn't really pl- practice much last week and, and ends up playing in the game. I think he caught two or three passes for uh maybe 25, 30 yards, something like that. Caught his f- second touchdown, actually, with the team. It was a nice uh jump ball, and, and kind of rebound, we'll call it, on a fade route, which was nice to see. And uh, the celebration afterward nearly gave every Rams fan a heart attack. I mean, the guy drops to the floor, starts holding the hip. We're all kind of like, oh, my goodness, did he re-injure the hip? No, it's a war zone celebration, so... Guy likes to kind of get after. We all know it. So he seems like he's going to play. He seems like he's going to be good to go. I don't know that I'm ready to promise you 100 yards just yet. Kind of doesn't really feel (laughs) like they have that chemistry locked in. You still see a lot of inaccurate passes from Stafford trying to get him. It it just feels like they're kind of a step off right now. In terms of Daryl Henderson, he was active last week. He was ready to go as the emergency back, as they call it, which don't really understand that one. Either you're good enough to play or you're not. Um, uh, so it seems like he should be able to go as well, but I think the Rams might be, you know, kind of turning into the Sony Michelle show here. Uh, my guess, you know, they're not really going to delve into that game plan just yet, but I think he's the better running back right now. So it make more sense for them to kind of lean that direction, which lightens Henderson's load even more. So if this guy might just play a change of pace back, uh, kind of role this week,
0: let me go bigger picture here. So it's tremendous on Rams, Alex, Lindsay Bob locked on Cardinals 43 and 21 for Jared Goff from 2017 through 2020 playoffs every year. I'm going to compare this to Jimmy G and Kyle Shanahan. They anointed Kyle Shanahan the the greatest next thing, and Jimmy Garoppolo is the one that's the scapegoat for it not working. It's the same thing for Jared Goff, isn't it? Like, say they lose in the first round of the playoffs this year. When are you going to start looking at Sean McVay as potentially, like, you know what? Maybe he doesn't have all the answers. Maybe not. Is it possible? Because at that at this point, nobody said that. And and I'm not saying anybody should. But when do those questions start to come and say, you know what? Maybe this less Sneed style, let's trade away the future
2: to try and win now doesn't work. Yeah, you know, I'm starting to think you might be related to Jared Goff right now. I, I don't know for <laughs> sure, but it kind of feels like that the way. One, he's like the one Jared Goff truther. That's, that's <laughs> out I'm just
0: saying. Matthew Stafford hasn't played in any important games in his career, and people are saying that he's going to be better than Jared Goff. Jared Goff has been in LA with a new young this buck head coach, game. and he's all he does all he does is win over ten games a season.
2: Yeah, you you and Kristen Harper, you guys might be the last Jared Goff truthers left, but. The way I look at it is like this. I think you're kind of stuck back in 2018, right? Jared Goff, great quarterback. Like, the dude was good. They, the Rams had no intention of letting go of this guy. That's why they paid him a lot of money. But 2019, 2020, very different stories. That's why they got rid of this guy. It's a lot of regression. Now, in terms of the Sean McVay question, I think, you know, you ask, when is this going to kind of pop up? Well, if you're in Ram circles, it popped up three weeks ago. You look at that Tennessee game. People started to get a little bit uneasy because for whatever reason, under Sean McVay, when the Rams lose games, they don't lose, you know, 34, 31, last second field goal from 62 yards out. No, they look bad. They look really bad more often than not. It'll be an offensive implosion, four interceptions, you know, just you look completely clueless, really. So I think those questions started a few weeks ago. Tennessee was kind of the seed that was planted. You go to San Fran, they've been just beaten up on the Rams. I think that's five straight. You kind of start to water that plant a little bit. Uh, then you go to Green Bay, lose that third game against a team that. Everyone really wanted that bounce back game against a really good contender like that. And the plant is fully sprouted at this point. I mean, everyone's calling for Sean McVay's head, fire Sean McVay. He shouldn't be calling offensive plays. This guy's a boy genius, blah, blah. You know, we get the whole decision there. Uh, In terms of what's going to happen, I mean, we'll figure out this, uh, you know, the rest of the schedule. Is this guy going to get them back on track? Like I mentioned earlier, November's always been a bad month for him. I don't know why. starts to feel like he just kind of, Gets a little bit repetitive with that offense and the personnel packages to the point where defenses can really start to prepare better for it. And then you go into last week, he's running six offensive linemen out there. He's running, you know, 12 personnel, 13 personnel goal line at the 50-yard line. Like they just completely 180. Uh, if you want a description in terms of how much they ran six plus offensive linemen, one play from weeks one through 12, one time. Last week they did it 16 times. Like kind of always does this. You know, he got, he gets really stale with what he does, then overcorrects very heavily. And then we start to kind of see a mix and match in December. So I think we're kind of headed to that direction. And that's when he starts to become a little bit more unpredictable and the results start to become better. Uh, so we'll see how it goes here.
1: Yeah, I mean, we could talk about the offense all day. I mean, obviously, Sean McVay, that's his background. and But the defense was, was has taken a step backwards from last year. Obviously, he was the top defense in the league. In 2020, and that's a it's pretty middle of the road despite all the star power they have. They still have AD, they have Aaron Donald, they have Vaughn Miller, Jalen Ramsey on the outside playing very at a very high level, as always. And then you've got a couple guys that exited in the offseason. You've got the defensive coordinator and Raheem Morris now over there. What's going to be the game plan to stop Kyler Murray in, in this Cardinals high powered offense? Because Kyler Murray had a pretty solid game in LA. You know, two passing touchdowns. He had a couple key runs to extend some drives. I'm thinking about the one where he went third and sixteen. He went 20 miles per hour on the outside. And it's like, how do you slow that down? What's what's the game plan in, in your opinion, Sosa, to be successful come Monday night?
2: Yeah, I was actually mentioning that play the other day on the podcast as well. That was kind of the backbreaker, if like for the Rams, where they felt like they had them where they wanted them couldn't do it. I mean, the guy's, the guy's special. Let's call it what it is. I don't know how you slow him down, which is going to be really, you know, option A. Like, how do we stop this guy? Kyler Murray just plays that backyard football, brain of football. It just feels like you can't stop. So I think first and foremost, you got to stuff the run. The Rams run more light boxes than any other defense in football. And yet they've been, you know, a top five run defense. I think that's really speaks to the depth they have up front and just how stout those guys are. You talk about the Rams adding Von Miller now, another tremendous run defender, very good pass rusher as well. Uh, and they've kind of changed, you know, some of that personnel. They don't have David Long out there, who, by the way, was beat by, you know, very old AJ Green. Let's just call it what it is for a 40 yard touchdown. He's no longer playing for this team. They have Dante Dion out there, who I think has been a lot more solid in his coverage. Not tremendous, but probably a little bit less of a weak link. Uh, and then in terms of the middle linebackers, Kenny Young no longer there. The Rams now starting Ernest Jones and rookies look very explosive as well. I think they're they're going to have a better game plan here. You got to stop the run first and foremost. James Connor really good after contact. This guy just grinds it out play after play. I think you know trying to keep them behind the chains is going to be the first goal. You know, second and long, third and long type of situations. A lot easier said than done. But when you get into those situations, it's going to be paramount to really try to get off the field, which the Rams struggled to do in the first game and really for the most part of this season. I mean, they've been really good at getting teams in a third and seven, third and nine, third and eleven. And then that backbreaker comes where they just give up a reception. I think you got to play really tight man coverage and zone coverage. Let your corners get physical. Let them stick on receivers' hip pockets uh, and give them safety help. You're going to play a lot of too high. I think a lot of, you know, cover four, cover six type of coverages. You don't want to let Kyler Murray kill you there. Would rather, you know, force an underneath pass and try to run after the catch type of situation. But it's a lot easier said than done. And that's why I'm on this couch here and not, you know, on the sidelines.
0: Alex says his mic uh, muted. I, I Follow him talk. at QBS MVP, Sosa Cremengus, Follow Bo at Bob Rack. Follow me at Clancy's Corner. I'm going to ask you one question before we get out of here, Sosa Cremengus. You answered no emphatically if you take the Arizona Cardinals seriously as Super Bowl contenders. If the <laughs> Cardinals beat the Rams like they did in SoFi Stadium earlier in the season on Monday night, will your answer change? I think so. Yeah, because because, you're an Eagle, because it's the Rams. It's got to be a Super Bowl contending team if they (laughs) beat the
2: Rams twice in a year. No, I don't think the Rams are the barometer. And that's not the reason why I think that, you know, if they knock off an eight and four teams, suddenly they are. But I think it'll just kind of signal, you know, signal that this team's ready for that next step. They'll they'll have the NFC West kind of locked in week 14, which is real early, of course, don't have that much left to play for really just first or second seed, I guess, maybe even third seed if the Bucks can do something. Uh, but I think, you know, if they can take care of business this week, knock off the Rams, it'll feel like that kind of turning of the page or, you know, turning of the tide there where, um, they're kind of the big dog in the NFC West. They probably are right now anyways, but it'll really feel like, you know, we're cemented here week 14. There's really nothing left to play for, for the Rams, unfortunately, other than try not to be the sixth or the seventh seed, which would be, uh, quite a disappointing, you know, outcome for a team that seems like they're all in.
1: Can Deandre Hopkins please get the star treatment at home? This time around, because Jalen Ramsey got it last time, he was getting away with murder. He's handsy, in some
0: He's handsy.
2: he is handsy. You <laughs> don't see nothing, all right? They don't call it, we don't see it.
0: How is <laughs> <Alex laughs> fancy bullbrock locked on Cardinals? Social is locked on Rams, our favorite man. Uh, thanks for making Locked on Rams and Locked on Cardinals your respective first listens. Now, make Locked on Bets your second listen, your daily one stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked on Bets hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms. We'll talk to you on our respective podcast tomorrow.